Jason, the parents' dilemma. Back to designers and online safety. Forget books, music, TV, or film. Video games dominate the entertainment landscape. Blockbuster franchises like Call of Duty, FIFA, and Mario are part of the most profitable medium in the world. In 2011, video game sales hit 1.93 billion pounds, 40.2% of the UK entertainment market, surpassing video formats like DVD for the first time. Over the decades, British design talent has played a key role in shaping this global games industry. The epicenter of Britain's web-based technology companies is the Old Street area of London, dubbed Silicon Roundabout, and that's where you'll find Phil Stewart, creative director at Preloaded, a BAFTA-winning game studio. Playing games are just really an instinctive learning tool. The small children were testing out social dynamics through games itself and understanding order and systems through game rules and, and actually building relationships through corporations. As you'd expect, he's a passionate advocate for the power of games. It, it almost feels nonsensical to stop playing games as you, as you get older, and actually, I think pushing games and play all the way through your life is a really, really important thing. Phil is at the leading edge of developments in games, with a deep understanding of the way children and young people play them. The consoles I get things like Nintendo, PlayStation, Microsoft, Xbox. They're the sort of dominant players, but they are now on the decrease in favour of multi-purpose devices such as smartphones, and smartphones now. Kindles,、um, iPads, iPhones are really dominating the market. Games are becoming increasingly pervasive, so the act of playing games is now seeping into everyday life. So whether you're playing games in the back of a car or、um, on the bus on the way to school or in school lessons itself, in the playground on the way home, whether you're playing with your friends in the evening, even maybe late night on your own, games are really changing to the kind of increasing demand and need of a mainstream audience. So. Players want to play the games more often, and therefore, games and the game design themselves is adapting.、Um, and it's this demand that's fueling one of the biggest kind of growth areas of、um, the British technological industry. From moshy monsters and club penguin for the young gamer to the less winsome, more adrenaline-fueled style of Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty, there's a bewildering array of games available to play on a range of different platforms. Games are really divided into into genres, just like films are. So the genres kind of provide the the categorisation of four games and、um, four players, and also for game designers themselves. Some familiar genres we'll be aware of will be things like platformers, so games like Super Mario or Sonic, adventure games, arcade games,、um, games that are designed for very sort of short, kind of like frenetic gameplay. FPSs or first-person shooters, so games that put the player into a 3D world that's often highly realistic.、Um, games like Call of Duty, even、um, Grand Theft Auto has a sort of first-person shooter element to it.、Um, you have sports games, you have、uh, racing games,、um, simulation games. Um, simulators like flight simulators, trying to recreate complex situations and scenarios、um, in a kind of authentic, accurate way. You've got puzzle games,、um, music games. Really, game designers design into the genres, and the genres provide the means for the player to be able to find the games and choose which games they want to actually play. So, new subgenres emerge off the back of new commercial models or developments in technology. So, in recent years, I'm sure people will be aware of Nintendo Wii and Xbox Connect and PlayStation Move that allow players to interact with the consoles in like their living room in, their, in, their, in a sort of 3D space. That criteria for actual gameplay is informing the way we design games for those types of games, and in, in effect, creates a completely new genre in itself. Games companies are very aware of who their customers are. When you're designing games for young children, you're not only designing games that will 
be fun for them, but will also appeal to their parents. Um, after all, they're the people who have the money, people are going to be buying the game. When you edge older into a teen market, where they have their own disposable income, you're really simply designing games that appeal to their own sensibilities. So the space is hugely competitive, and as with most trend-driven content, the trends are linked to what's popular in the playground. Journalist and presenter Charlie Brooker has memorably described games as time sponges, but some games are designed to be something more. We're different to traditional game studios in that we make games with purpose. We believe that the best games are something they're about, and the about in our games is the history, the science, the, the embedded content. Our games take that content and make it the DNA of the game. So the idea is that as you're playing the game, as you're learning how to, to complete it, how to progress, how to win, you're understanding the learning in the, in the process. And we believe you know, really, really strongly that actually the best games can have embedded content in them and that the best games have something they're actually about themselves. That's the thing that makes them more interesting. And playing a game about you know, the Opium Wars or 1066 or the Battle of Trafalgar genetics is actually in, in, intrinsically interesting because the content itself is interesting. Children and young people increasingly play games with each other interactively online, which brings with it a whole set of safety concerns. There are many large children's entertainment sites which run games and social networks for children to join in with. Safety is a paramount concern for the companies who run them, and they use online moderators to ensure all is well. I'm Tia Fisher. I work for eModeration, which is the social media management agency, and I have a special interest in child safety. We work for some of the larger children's entertainment sites who run children's games and social networks. And for those, we act as community managers and moderators. The distinction between the two isn't very, very clear, but community management is more to do with being the the social host and moderating is more to do with being, if you like, the policeman. Um, But generally speaking, for children's games, the two functions very much overlap. When your child first wants to go onto a gaming site, you should look at how the site is moderated. It should tell you in its terms. It will tell you what is and what is not allowed on the site and the behaviour which is expected. You should also sit down with your child and make sure that you have found together where the report button is. That might be called the report button, it might be called the flag button. Um, It's where if your child sees any kind of inappropriate content or feels uncomfortable in a situation, perhaps there are a group of avatars all ganging around him and, and kind of kicking him, then he can press that button and this situation will be brought to the attention of a moderator who will hopefully be sitting behind the scenes 24-7 looking for these alert flags. Why you jumped into the beginning of a new world? When it comes to online safety, the advice to parents is to be aware and stay involved, set parental controls and perhaps disallow internet connections in bedrooms. Age ratings on games are also important. Games like Call of Duty come with an 18 rating, but it's widely played by people who are much younger. Exposure to violence and bad language are a concern. And of course, violent computer games have occasionally been blamed for influencing violent crime in the real world. Games are always designed with an age group in mind. Phil Stewart again. And just like movies, games go through a rigorous age certification process. So the content found in these games is meant for players of that age. And if you don't want your child to play a violent video game, you really just need to pay attention to the sticker that's on the front of the box. There's no doubt, though, that kids are playing games that are kind of aimed at an older audience. And really, that's just about good parenting. Um, and I don't think it's something that like legislation can really stop. Just like with 18 certificate videos, you know, when you're 14, you, you do end up watching them. In the final track of this podcast, we'll be hearing a discussion covering some of the points raised here by Phil Stewart and Tia Fisher. 
And in the next track, you can hear parents give their views on the benefits and disadvantages of gaming for their children. The Open University. For more information, go to www.open.edu/itunesu.